socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. So today, I'm not trying to do a cold open. I just figure we can talk. But today, someone on Instagram. <laughs> oh, I'm not trying to do a cold open either here are my top five favorite vacation destinations <laughs> we are not no. trying to do a cold open Guys. however we are trying to talk about just trying to do a quick combo just a little just a little anecdote from my Kelly, day what the hell happened to you today i was on instagram because work was boring so it's on Instagram. Hashtag Spoof Scoops and Novelty Songs. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for work, which is right now when I'm talking to this mic. Uh, Hashtag Spoof Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Marty's Laugh. <laughs> someone, Hashtag My Wife Cool. Someone, someone I'm following on Instagram who I'm not, like, I know her because she's friends with my sister. She posted an Instagram story that was just like, hey. Hashtag cringe post. <laughs> yeah, just keep peppering those in. That makes it a lot more interesting. She posted like, hey, uh, if you want links, let me know to to donate to the cause. But uh, this just reaffirms why I'm not shopping at Trader Joe's anymore. And there was no other context. There was no. Oh, and my, it like hurt. I was so <laughs> mad at myself because I literally was like the fuck is she talking about and i like go on google and i'm like trader joe's news and all the news for trader joe's is just like trader joe's is bringing back choco uh, monkeys new cookie butter. hashtag yeah. cookie yeah. butter like yeah and i'm like so, so there's the, maybe it's like the 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 trader joe's in her neighborhood and it's like a very personal it could be scandal. but it was also just Sort like news by controversial yeah, but it's like, what am, who's, she doesn't have, like, she's not like an influencer. She doesn't have that many people following her. If you really want to know where that outrage is, you got to take it to Twit. Oh, you're right. Yes. I should have searched for Trader Joe's on Twitter. I did go yeah. to Reddit, and Reddit's Trader Joe's is all wholesome, like, oh, I love oh, these yeah. cookies. I love, oh my god, my... this Satan is just off the chain, y'all. <laughs> yeah, my, well, my girlfriend is a, a regular R Trader Joe's visitor. <laughs> Hey Scott, it's cool that you have. A I think it's cool. Hey, thank you. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's cool. Well, it would be cool if I does, had a boyfriend she, too. I, it's a little weird that you have to specify. Does that she lurk or does she post on our Trader Joe's? Um, I think both. I think she might be an active poster. That's fucking for all right. I know. What a funny subreddit to just or be at like least commenting. Just be stoked on a grocery store. I'm about it. I know as we talk about this, she's she got a bunch of karma because I think she's like active in like some like coupon thing. No, it was like like an obscure like a like a um oh no, never mind. This was just the one viral tweet she had. It wasn't Reddit. The one like the most like viral tweet she ever had was posting about this like very specific set of like young adult. It was like about it was like a book specifically for and about middle school girls and i guess it was just like extremely toxic in retrospect and she like posted about it and like just so many people like remembered it and had like nostalgia and were like oh my god yeah those were fucked up that it yeah got kind of big i commented so reddit's like one of the fun things about it is that it's like anonymous is what i think and i commented on a post that was uh or on a thread and i was replying to john our friend john 
and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't even realize that's who I was replying to, but he like, Oh wow. He, he, you can follow people on Reddit, I guess. I didn't know that. So he followed me. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. Oh no, guess I got to stop looking <laughs> at on. all my weird fucked up shit. Yeah. No. You were on the uh, Kelly Danon subreddit. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing here? This is, I thought, I, I thought it was private. I thought it was yeah. just for me. Just Kelly. Things. Yeah. Just Kelly, Kelly D things, you know, <laughs> Welcome to Spoof's Goofs and Novelty Songs. It's a pod... Hey, it's... This- <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast about dumb shit. Hey, guys, just so you know, uh, we hit 420 on the mark. Four minutes, 20 seconds on the mark. Oh, hell yeah. Welcome to Spoof's Goofs and Novelty that's why Songs. I, that's why I did it, yeah, And you said it was a cold open. We planned fucking, this. Now we can say uh, it. Now we can it say it. It might have been a cold open, but I'm high as hell right now, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the opposite of high cold. On- high on... Kelly... <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what's your favorite weed? Uh, in indica, dandelion. <laughs> I oh, you took mine. <laughs> Crabgrass. <laughs> what's your favorite, Marty? Yeah, what's your favorite, Marty? Ah, uh, I like. Um, he's got something. You can tell because he started doing a voice, so he must have something good. I got something real good. My favorite, Mary Louise Parker, baby. My favorite star of weeds. Oh, yeah. I was never a big fan of naming weeds when I part. Is that her name? Is that is that a weed? Is that a real strain? I want this conversation to end. I just want to say White Widow is some of the stupidest fucking name of... Uh, marijuana ever or any plant yeah out of all the names they have for weed white widow is definitely the craziest i don't think it's crazy i just think it's it's like people people you know they like cream their jeans over it they just think it's too cool and i'm like whatever you dude i'm over here in the corner drinking my beers driving afterwards getting in accidents killing people Oh my you god! Smoke, you smoke your dope, losers. Uh, I'm being the cool guy. I'm gonna save Kelly from incriminating himself by saying that this week we're reviewing Who Framed Roger Rabbit, a 1998 American action comedy mystery film directed by Robert Zemeckis, loosely based on the 1981 novel Who Censored Roger Rabbit by Gary K. Wolf. The film follows Eddie Valiant, played by Bob Hoskins, a private investigator who must exonerate Roger Rabbit, who has been accused of murdering a wealthy businessman. You know, Kelly really wanted us to do an all-animated movie month, but no more. This week, we're finally getting away from animated movies. Got a transition. What's this? Oh, that's really got a transition. It's got to come. This is too harsh of a drop off. You could have just let that be a subtle thing, but you said, (laughs) why not point right to it and be like, look. Subtle live action and animation? It's just a subtle drop off. It's like Marty Marty was just jonesing to get back to shitty spoof detective comedies. And there's a little we something oh for all god. of us. It's a little something yeah, for all of us. Yeah, that's kind of true. God. That's kind of true. Oh my god. We didn't um uh want the people following this podcast as closely as they do to be too jarred if we took a hard <laughs> turn into live action. So Roger Rabbit features an iconic mix of live action and animation and features nearly endless cameos from famous cartoon characters ranging from the Looney Tunes to even Disney who allowed the film to feature their characters in a rare moment of sharing. They allowed 
uh, Warner Brothers and Disney shared their characters for this. Famously, the studios worked out a major deal where none of the flagship characters would one-up each other. Famously, Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse feature in the same amount of screen time. Daffy and Donald Duck and their famous dueling piano sequence don't actually defeat each other. Uh, This came at the beginning of the Disney Renaissance and is attributed to launching modern animation. This film was a gigantic hit, earning over $300 million on a $50 million budget, a critical smash, and came during a particularly fruitful period of Robert Zemeckis' career, coming right between the first and second Back to the Future movies and eventually leading to Forrest Gump. Roger Rabbit won three Academy Awards, film editing, visual effects, sound effects, and a special achievement award was given to animator Richard Williams for his work on this film. This is a famous movie. There's tons of history, details, behind-the-scenes stuff, but there's so much to talk about just in the movie itself. We can't waste any more time going into this bullshit. Gentlemen, what did you think of Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Trash. <laughs> Absolute oh Fuck. fucking trash. Oh my god. You know what? I, the movie, fantastic. So fun. The characters, <laughs> awesome. Very entertaining. The production quality, really good. Not a kid's movie. Don't know why. I guess, like, good they got the PG rating, but this is not a fucking kid's movie, if you ask me. No, I agree, yeah. My mm-hmm. one feedback that I'm a little bummed about, Hannah and Barbara got snubbed, y'all. Yeah, There's no Hannah yeah, and Barbara true. characters, which is, I get it. It's, it's just like, if they had that, it literally... No, Porky Pig's at the end. Is he? That's, That's Looney, Looney Tunes, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Looney Tunes different than Hanna Barbera? Hanna Barbera is Flintstones, Jetstones, 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 the Flintstones, the Jetstones, Yogi Bear Stones, Yogi Bear Stone from Jellystone. My favorite theme park. Yeah, they so Droopy Houndstone. No, this this movie fucking ruled. I didn't think I would like this. Scooby Doo is Hanna Barbera, also. Kelly, had you not seen this before? I saw it as a kid, and as many movies did. This oh. movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. And rewatching it, I understand why. Uh, I re- remember oh. Christopher Lloyd's like death scene and the whole yeah. uh, climax of the movie, just kind of terrifying. Like, really, it, he they like claimed he was a a tune at the end, but he wasn't. He was still just like, his eyes. Only yeah, his only eyes his were eyes tuned. were tuned. Like, which honestly, it would be scary if they had done a better job at that. But it just like looks so shitty that it's like kind of more uncanny valley than being yeah. like outright scary. Right. I don't know. But but when you're a kid, that's enough to yeah. fucking get yeah, you. Yeah, it was the 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 dip got me. Dip scared that shit. Fucking freaked me out. Unlike the dip at Arby's, I wish that was this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was scary. I was gonna say I wish that was advice I took into my adult life. <laughs> oh, my pant size, <laughs> the ajou. <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah. This, but yeah, yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I, I, I Gus Johnson, a YouTuber, just uploaded a video, a YouTube video about PG movies now are like, all right, let's go save the dog, kids. And then PG movies back then, hey, who wants to see my ass? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that that was before. I mean, this movie did come after they. So the big, the famous thing is uh, Temple of Doom yeah. was like the last PG movie because right. after that they were like, okay, we need another, we need another number because we were just jumping from PG to R. Right. But even like, yeah, this movie nowadays, this movie would never be. I, I want. Was it a PG? Is this movie PG thirteen? It's PG. I can't remember. That's crazy. Because yeah. like nowadays it would absolutely be PG. Absolutely. No I mean, just having what? guns and like smoking and drinking. He 
Oh my they, god. He I'm takes not... that anthropomorphic shoe. There's a shoe who begs for his life and he dips it into like yeah. acid and kills See? it. Yeah. And Captain America and fucking Iron Man. <laughs> Those are all PG 13. Mows down saying, the city though. of Fallujah. Those are PG 13, oh. though. Yeah, they're all PG 13. Oh, well, in that case. <laughs> Then I want to see Roger Rabbit say the one non-sexual fuck. I couldn't remember it off the top of my head. <laughs> this movie, uh, it's one of the best things we've watched for the podcast, I think, by far. Uh, I love this movie. And uh, what's wrong with you? Oh, my dog was just making noise. Um... As just like a core concept. Well, did he thing, respond? Like, What's wrong with him, Marty? <laughs> oh, he sounds oh, like Roger Rabbit. Oh my god. god. Um, so the core concept thing of like noir movie, um, but uh, there's like the animated cartoons are like the characters he has to deal with, and like there's so many gags based on like what if these animated cartoon characters played these like tropes from noir movies. This guys, we did it. We don't have to watch another detective spoof. This is the perfect film noir spoof. Yeah. It just nails it. It Honestly, nails it every aspect. That's of it. true. Out of the nine thousand we've watched, this is <laughs> definitely, definitely a good one. And that's amazing that it can spoof uh two things so well at once. But yes. it's like I guess that's maybe it is like that's like the missing ingredient with all these like uh um DreamWorks movies that are kind of like half ass where it's like it's fairy tales plus like LA in 2004 when we're <laughs> writing this movie or like it's ocean plus LA in 2005 when we're writing Don't this get, movie. What's that Hollywood sign doing? But like cartoon plus real world but it's like 40s real world. So I, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know why it works so well, but they're able to spoof two genres uh very well in this movie and like there is just like an interesting plot the backstory of this being about the development of freeways in los angeles it's just like it, it has the plot of like of of chinatown right it has like the same plot as chinatown basically where it has like this backdrop of la becoming much more modern as a city and it just works here though because like it's grounded in the fact that like there's a real world thing going on but also it's about the change in the industry and it's like as a meta thing it's like about the change in animation in the late 80s and early 90s like it's crazy this movie that's like about all this like the change in tide and people being like afraid of that kind of is like this was about to hit this like huge peak for disney as a company like that's the thing like on the surface this movie is just like uh Literally, you could just pitch the elevator pitch of this movie is just the fact that we have live action and uh, cartoon characters interacting. But then it expands. Right. There are so many like sort of like um, themes running throughout this uh, or even just the c concept of uh, shooting cartoons like you shoot movies. And the thing that makes it cartoonish is like this, like almost like magical property that the cartoon characters have, but they have to get it onto film for it to be a, is, is like, even that's enough of a hook to go on, but it still, you know, just keeps going. Like just keep adding like more and more la layers of, of like, um, also Frank rules rules to this world where this is like a rules movie that actually had me into it the whole time. Right. But the rules weren't like, 
they didn't have to explain them. They could show you what the rules that just make sense because we know because that's the thing because they know the audience knows about cartoons and they trust the audience to know enough about like noir movies to get where they're going. We're right. They never like look at the camera and they're like, here's how this works. Or there's never really like too much of like um, a character being like, what what the hell's going on? Oh, let me explain it to you. This is my world. Like it just does it. Yeah, it just does it. Which. So I feel like so many films these days struggle with that, especially like big blockbuster movies for whatever reason. Yeah. Look at this compared to like Wreck-It Ralph where yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they it's a similar thing where it's like taking this like weird media form and being like, what if it was like... Wreck-It Ralph like opens with, you ever wonder what the arcade cabinets do when they're shut off or no one's uh, playing them? And it's, it's like, like, I've yeah. literally never <laughs> thought that No, once. and also you could have just shown me this and I probably would have got it, but you're talking to babies, but I'm not a baby and I'm watching your movie, Disney Films. Come on. Yeah. Here's a... Here's a great example of what this movie does well. Uh, they do a they do a, a exposition cheat, a classic exposition cheat, which is give exposition about a character, but have a supporting character be the one who delivers it. So this this example is uh, a character asks the main love interest of Bob Askins, "Why is he so grumpy?" Uh, Toon killed his brother, dropped a piano on his head. Perfect. This is how you do perfect character exposition that's still funny and grounded in the story and like the character relationships and stuff. And, and it's like, yeah, two and re- lines. And it's two and it's lines. Two and lines. then they slowly build on it throughout the movie rather and than being they- like, while we're driving, let me, like, it's like, we're, it's like a fucking, like, um, you're playing Grand Theft Auto and they got to get this out while you drive from point A to point B. And it just, the pace of the movie just comes to a screeching fucking halt. Like, yeah. They wait until we get to like a private moment, like a good moment with just Roger Rabbit and Bob Hoskins. And it's a bonding moment for them to talk more about this guy's brother, right? Like that. And that's all the movie does with the, like besides little hints about it until they get to the climax of the movie. Yeah. No, this movie is just like, it's, you can tell there's just a strong hand. Like Zemeckis at this time was like a fucking, insane master of making pop movies like like i mean i don't know i mean if you if you like back to the future like this movie has a similar like it's just very clever and creative and you can tell that there is a lot of work being put into this movie this movie was so hard to make do you i mean have you guys seen any like behind the scenes of how they made this movie at all i've only seen like there's a guy captain christian on youtube he does videos about an- animation all the time. He all talks- these YouTubers. Yeah, I'm just on a YouTube <laughs> kick like for the last 20 years of my life, you know? Um, you should check out this guy Fred oh I love Fred he was dude he's I've seen he lost his touch when he stopped making YouTubes and started making movies though am I right uh the the, he makes a video about bumping the lamp which is like a common term but I didn't know it was a common term until I saw this guy's video on it and he just talks about how well Roger Rabbit executes like everything it does as far as animation goes and yeah this this movie had to have been just like he's they have to have been lucky that they got as much funding as they did that they got I assume passionate people to work on it uh because there's they to film so much of this and then had to fix so much in post one way or another there are so many moments where like the animated characters are interacting with live action elements so they have to have people in like blue suits who are like pulling bob hoskins shirt or like casting a shadow because like the the most famous thing this movie does is all the animated characters cast fucking shadows in this movie and it's crazy yeah. at the time for this to the, happen. Like, yeah. the voice actor who did roger rabbit's voice 
he was in like every scene with Roger Rabbit's like character model in it, wasn't he? Yes, he's, he's, I he was so, acting yes. out, and he even had like their costume as well. And it's like how uh, Andy. Oh, he was dressed up as a rabbit. Yeah, he had a full rabbit bodysuit, is what I read about it after. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah but that's how Andy Circus was like crawling around mm-hmm. in a green screen suit to be Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. yeah, and then that one crazy the dog from that Harrison Ford movie from last year. <laughs> oh, was for some reason yeah, played by a per- was played and by like, a human, like, and it's so. Cool. Oh my god, <laughs> it's the worst. I would love to see that yeah. movie oh. if they just took out the dog. I would love to see that movie. It's like dog. We like the, the we like the way dogs are expressive because it's not like humans, or it's like it's such a like cartoon dumbed down. I don't need right. to see like a dog's face go through like three emotions to explain the complex nuance of this scene. With well, first he's confused, and then it dawns on the dog yeah. that never happens no. yeah. you never see a thought cross through a dog's head yeah. like yeah fuck off uh speaking of harrison ford he was actually in the running to play the main the lead role Ooh. and the other people in the running were chevy chase who was not interested harrison ford was too expensive God. it was between this and blade runner and he was really having a tough yeah. time deciding uh both good choices uh and then Bill Murray, who did not even hear that he was considered for the role and has expressed great disappointment. But honestly, Bill Murray he would have been good. It would have been okay. I think it's. Of those options, he's the best option outside of Hoskins. Yes, I would agree with that. But I think Bob Hoskins crushed it. So. Oh, Hoskins is perfect, except when his Cockney accent comes out when he like sings and stuff in this movie. It's just like, yeah. oh, my God, he can't keep it going. Well, not all of us are cultured like you and knew that he was British, and I did not. Yeah, I didn't notice. Oh. But. Dear Scotty, Bob Hoskins, a seasoned veteran actor from the stage. Oh, okay. Thanks for expounding on that, Marty. Yeah, thanks. I don't think he's actually from the stage. Um, but yeah, Hoskins is really, really great. Lloyd is really, Lloyd's really great. Insane. The whole cast is. Oh my god. Lloyd is just doing his. Uh, Lloyd Who's is doing Lloyd? his own thing. Christopher. Are you guys talking about the actor Christopher Lloyd? My friend Lloyd. <laughs> hey Lloyd. Hey Lloyd. Who else was? I like what you the did. The villain casting i'm trying to remember legit do you think um if they just took christopher lloyd's character and replaced the main villain in uh temple of doom (laughs) would it be like a twice as good movie because i think it would i think temple of doom could have used a little bit of a or sorry not temple of doom sorry uh raiders of the lost ark was which one was the face melting one was it that one that's 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 raiders of the lost ark because they almost dressed the same and looked the same they got their little round glasses frolein frolein i am here to get these german that's what i'm saying i think that character was already so zany that just uh, get a comedian to do it like yeah i think that would have been good right sorry to nerd out on this i was gonna come to this episode and just be like uh do a bit where i was confused about what was animated and what wasn't but yeah <laughs> instead i'm gonna just like you're gonna i'm gonna actually about talk that. about it tim curry originally auditioned but they said he was too terrifying oh yeah of course he's too scary chris, yeah 100 <laughs> i'd love to see it but it would fucking traumatize you even scary. more christopher lee uh, turned down the offer and then john cleese but they said he wasn't scary enough yeah, Christopher Lee is too reserved. I think and Christopher yeah, Lloyd was just right. The perfect temperature of oatmeal for this role. Porridge. And it's just like 
at the time Lloyd is doing all the Back to the Futures and this, like just keep him with, just let Zemeckis have his, just have his guy. He's got his guy. Yeah. He, let him be a big guy. His Lloyd physicality in this role is what is makes nuts. it. Just the way he like turns he's around or like legend. looks at things, like yeah, yeah. I oh man, yeah. He's just he's great. Great moments. The uh, uh, stand-in of Patty Cake playing Patty Cake for sex is a really funny take on a noir thing. Uh, I want scotch on the rocks, and I mean ice. Yeah, and then they bring it, and there's a rock in it when they bring it to him. Classic joke. Uh, There's a lot of great great little uh, gags in it. I can't believe we're 24 minutes into this MF, and we haven't brought up uh, Jessica. I haven't... Have I shown you guys my tattoo, by the way? You have a Jessica Rabbit tattoo? (laughs) Yeah, I never showed you this. No, where is it? Is it on your fucking butthole? (laughs) No, it's right here on my bicep, and check it out. I can make it uh, dance. (laughs) Scott, there's no camera. Scott, I don't know where I'm looking. Scott, oh. that tattoo is not bad. It's just drawn that way. <laughs> oh wow! So Je- okay, Jessica, I, I legitimately think I, if somebody hasn't already, somebody needs to write. Like, I need, I need that like Zizek Slezov guy. Oh, to there's fucking- one of her already, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying there should be an academic breakdown, but yeah, I'm sure there's uh, some. Some I'm sure if you hit the hub, you can Some find the uh, yeah. But no, fucking just uh, it's interest. It's interesting. Why did this role need to be animated? Well, because they gave her proportions that like no woman. They just like <laughs> hypersexualize. Like it's yeah. just such a, again. This obviously this movie's not for kids. I remember watching it when I was like maybe like ten or eleven, and just honestly, maybe I was a little dipshit, but I was confused <laughs> by the plot. Um, gotcha. and like only, uh, you know, when I watched it like later as a grown up, did I get the like, oh, it's the Hollywood thing and he's being framed, yada, yada. Anyways, when Jessica Rabbit comes out, literally the two things that come out from behind the curtain first are her legs and her tits. And then the rest of her body emerges from behind the curtain. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it like says a lot about like the culture at the time and like even the intended audience for this movie. That, I think uh, it's intentional because I because I think they're doing like like I, I make the joke about the line, but that line is like the gag. I think here is like femme fatales and noirs are always presented as just sex objects, and I think this movie is drawing the idea that like she's pushed into being bad because she's created in that way by like the creators of the cartoon in this sense. I don't know. I just think it's like, I think it's like weirdly like a really poignant meta take on this archetype in movies. Yeah. But because it's so good, it comes off like they're being authentically yeah. just doing the yeah. thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it's Borat syndrome. It's the same thing I right, say about right, Borat where right. like, it's meant to be uh, enjoyed in this like satirical way where like, it's, yeah, it's all in like the spoof or like talking about the subject material. This thing is talking about, but it's done to such a like hyperbolic extent and done so well that lots of dipshits just enjoy it at like face value and be like, eh, I got this high hot chick tattooed on me yeah <laughs> like me yeah. <laughs> yeah let's touch tattoos yeah oh <laughs> i can't do that much longer uh and don't ask me to stand up <laughs> uh i had the hot take which i said off mic but that uh, i think the animation for what they're going for in this movie is still 
looks better than today's animation. I stand by this. Like that's for not what, what you said. For, yeah, you're, not it's, it wasn't said. a hot take. You said you it worded, in a weird you worded way. This take so bad in the chat. You said that because I agree with the way you said it just now. More I totally realistic, agree with I think, is what you phrased it as. And it's like, what the fuck? Still, are you, it's it's a cartoon. It's supposed to be a cartoon. <laughs> like no, no, no. But I, but I would argue. I would still stand by the realistic thing because I think like when I look at the characters in this movie, I get. I accept. That they exist in this world, like but that it's to me more, is the that's thing not of the realism. That's yeah, it's believability. There's a difference, and I'm uh, semantics, but still, that's like, fair. That's fair. It's yeah. Anyways, yeah, I agree with like it's not that hot of a take. I guess is what I'm trying to say. You just phrased it in a way that was idiotic. <laughs> hot take. Hot take. Well, hot take alert. None can deny this movie does look really good, especially for the time and that they invent. It's any. It's the same with like Star Wars. Like anytime. Well, no, yeah. I shouldn't say anytime because uh, Avatar is like the bad example of this. But usually, when people like invent a new technology to make a movie happen, it like ends up looking pretty good. Yeah, it holds up so well. The pacing's really like good as far as like it. It just it captures your attention yeah it's just a really fucking good movie like i have this movie moves so fast but takes its time it never feels like we're overstaying our welcome and then when we get to the end of the movie i'm like holy shit this is the end of the movie already that's my biggest criticism of the film is that i do not give a shit about roger rabbit i don't i think he's the most annoying character yeah, I like that though, because he's not—he's yeah. not the—he's the, the detective is the emotional grounding yeah. element, and Roger Rabbit because he's a cartoon and you can like shoot him and he'll still—you know what I mean? Like he's like sort of impervious and invincible. You're not really supposed to worry about him too. Well, much. right, but it's just yeah, it's not that I'm worried. It's like mm-hmm. I don't care if he gets caught up in the framing but yes you're right the D- bob hoskins character being like the grounding element of like he's annoyed by tunes at first too and then he like comes around you notice that he has a soft spot for them yeah. is the reality so i agree too that i don't care so much about roger's like overall fate yeah but then that just like i think kind of lowers the stakes of the movie in a good way right. where like i'm mm. yeah, i'm more worried about the fate of the detective and his fate is tied to roger who like you obviously right. can't stop fucking up but the, it's yeah, kind of yeah because there are like movies where like the main character and the emotional grounding element um are the same person and they can't uh fucking adam sandler gamble uncut gems is a good mm. example of that yeah where that's like really you're just that's along like for really the ride. anxiety right right so if this movie was just about roger rabbit it would honestly be more like that where like he just can't so <laughs> <laughs> if, this is how i yeah. win mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna call <laughs> i'm gonna cut you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without oh the detective, this movie would be the exact same emotional experience as Uncut his Jones. arc is also just really interesting in this movie too. Like his his thing of like having this like this death of his brother, but like really what they did was like they tied alcoholism to his ha- unhappiness, and they tied that specifically to his 
turn from being a hardcore noir detective into accepting the tunes again. Like, I loved that. I was like, oh, that's such a good take on, like, the thing in noir movies with all the detectives are always, like, drunks and they're mean guys. And, like, doing a take on that where the guy overcomes that to become, like, a guy who loves cartoons at the end of the yeah. movie. Oh, my God. Well, what a good idea. The, the alcoholism is, like, a metaphor for, like, avoidance. And he's like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, like, gonna fucking face my trauma head on or right. whatever. Oh, yeah. That's so good. I Yeah. And then he shoots uh, the bottle, and uh, a little Native American yeah. bullet comes oh, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. That is what, that's my a one deleted scene note, in, my, like, in right. my mind. That's a deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That part's bad. What is this, 2013? Yeah. And then and they make such a big deal about like the cartoon gun and these like magic bullets. Well, because the, the, when I did see that happen, I was like, oh, cool. These like bullets can do like cool thing. Like maybe oh, cool. each bullet will have its cool, own these bullets special can do skill. fucking racist actions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I meant like they can, they're like sentient. Yeah, right. They can like go yeah. around corners and shit. It. And like he, right. he hits it with an axe. I'm like, oh, does each bullet get a little moment to do something kind of neat? And then it, um, he just misses and then he throws the gun with two shots still if you count if you count oh. he'd still have two left and he just like fucking throws yeah, the gun and he at had a wall an emotional connection with these bullets like he there was a they moment they were like long time yeah. no see we missed you pal yeah what the fuck and then he just and then two of them are still in the gun unfired and they're just <laughs> i guess Save i'll rot here in the alleyway <laughs> what the fuck any moment now we're gonna get shot <laughs> <laughs> it'll be our turn to experience the limelight <laughs> He's, oh, no. He just went out no, to get put, cigarettes. Don't put us in your mouth, boss. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, he... The end of the movie, he wins by making the weasels laugh. That's such a good gag, too. The weasels... Uh, yeah, he makes the weasels laugh by doing the unfunniest yeah, fucking very thing. Very unfunny. Look at yes. me, I walk. Over here, I stand. <laughs> I'm a funny guy, and I'm a funny man. I have to. I have to take umbrage with that performance. Let me. Let me do it for. Uh, let me do it for you. Look at me. I walk. <laughs> Look at me. I talk. <laughs> Doing this like, like insane yeah. accent. He's, He's like, trying to keep and, it. And but. it's funny too that like yeah he manages to hide his British accent for the whole movie and then he's like but when I sing that's when it comes out and then him his singing is <laughs> yes. now I will do singing <laughs> it's just more talking <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah honestly that was like the one like moment where he like couldn't quite deliver but also like i don't know it's like written to be i don't know I didn't it's just care like it's okay it. that it's, it's bad fine. i think it's okay i think it's okay yeah that it's like bad. the whole movie it's, up it's to that so point earned is still by that good. time that i think right yes. exactly it's so earned by right. that time that you just kind of forgive it but man it would kind of it'd be a whole lot cooler if it was funny oh. fun fact about the weasels they are supposed to represent the seven dwarves so the character of the weasels are each of the seven oh straight jacket yeah. Well, they're crazy. Yeah, loony, psycho, schizoid. We talked about. I talked about how there was the book for the Star Wars, the newest trilogy that came out recently, and how there's the one for the Ryan Johnson directed one, and he's got all of these like, this is why I did this, and this is why I did this, and I did this, and then everything for the other Star Wars for Abrams was just like, I thought it looked cool, and then other people being <laughs> like, you should make the room all white, like you know, whatever, uh, 2001, or and then they're just like, 
okay yeah that is cool i like that do that <laughs> like and then in this movie i think like everyone behind it they'd had so much fueling the decisions that they were making like even just roger's design obviously it was a mix of looney tunes as far as i think the the body was disney the head was looney tunes based and then the movement was based mm. on tex avery so it was like a big combination of just like influences where he didn't he didn't want to feel more like one than the other when they were creating this. yeah too far right. in one camp yeah. kelly as the sort of our uh, resident animation guru uh what did you think of like the opening like five minutes like that the actual like full-on cartoon portion i liked it a lot i mean it's 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 tough with those because you don't know if they're going for like the more studio style or the movie style of those types of animations. Right. Yeah, that's what I, I thought there was like too many details. Yeah, almost. like I, I wonder if they would have cut back if it would have made me happy or not. I don't think it mattered that much as all you know, Terry Gross. All things. I loved considered. what they were doing with like the. I what I thought set it apart was the camera angles. I loved what they yes. were doing with like the moving the space camera of, was so good. Yeah. The moving camera and then having the floor be that like fifties like checkered tile floor and then like just the proportions of the room were like like sometimes it's a hundred yards long and then other times it's like normal size depending on like what camera angle they want. Right. But yeah, I just thought like overall there's like way too many details where I was like obvi- right obviously this is like a cartoon but with a movie's budget and so that just yes. like somehow. <laughs> translated into just a few too many lines being in there yeah no it's especially when you move the camera like quote-unquote camera and those types of animations that's where the production quality goes up so high because you have to animate every frame of the background versus like usually they'll just have like a painting and they'll move it slide it back and forth so yeah it was a little jarring i think i think i don't know if it would have sucked me in more if it wasn't like that I kind of feel like it would, but we've already picked apart. Like, it's this movie's a fucking masterpiece, if you really ask me. Like, I don't know. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was when I watched it. And it's just like, oh, shit, yeah, this is, like, well-deserving of any, you know, praise it gets. Because it's just, like, it's an anomaly, too. Like, getting those companies to agree to all this, it is, like, the oh, yeah, crossover crazy, of the century. Yes. Like, when you think about It'll it. It'll never happen again. It's like, so wild, too, that, like, it's so... I mean, you can really tell that this was, like, one of the first times something like that happened because it's still so, like, charming and doesn't feel like this, like, horrible, disgusting marketing ploy. Because just to see it go from, like, this really authentic movie to fucking, like, Ready Player yeah, One. Yeah, they charge $5,000 for every Disney character, I think it was, because this is a, it's a Warner Bros. production, right? Uh, no, it's a Disney. It's a Disney You're production. right. It was it on was Disney Plus. Buena, Buena Vista. It was a yeah. It was a Buena So Vista. they charged five thousand dollars for every Looney Tunes character. So just like dirt cheap for any usage of any of those characters. And I did have like I I talked in the beginning about how they snuffed Hanna Barbera, but I think Tom and Jerry's Hanna Barbera, and they had plans to include those, but didn't have time to get them in or something i think they didn't have any more room to be honest with you yeah i mean this movie's jam-packed and the credits are the i think they still hold the record for being the longest rolling credits of all time like oh wow like because they have to credit all the creators Mm -hmm. of all the cartoons and stuff the the dumbo is the only like disney classic movie character i can remember in the movie right isn't that crazy that it's like only dumbo shows up that's like nuts there's like pinocchio there's bambi none of them are in yeah that's like they they might be in the background somewhere or something yeah yeah. for sure but like dumbo's the only one who gets like a featured moment which is like bananas but and it's he's scaring you huh uh the last thing is the dip 
That's the dip is a real thing. It's actual chemical that wipes off cell animation. Just like I said, this is like the amount of detail that they go into with this film is just unnecessary, but so cool. Like it's it's such a smart movie. Which maybe it's. Do you think part of the reason that yeah they're able to do that? I guess it's because animation just had, like by this point has had such a rich history where like other rules movies they're like we're creating a world right with and right. we're creating each rule for that we're like this is we're adapting this thing that you already know and that's why it works maybe so well. and like i don't you know i'm talking out of my ass when i talk about this but this is like a transition between eras of animation too, right? Like yes, it was. 88 yes, yes. you're you're going into like sort of the either the low budget really shitty like GI Joe or X-Men type animation and those are like the better ones of that era. Like 70s and 80s kind of like really cut budgets on these high profile uh icons like Superman, like I just think of the superhero type animations around then those aren't memorable right and then you have looney tunes from the era before that where they were spending more time and money on those and they were just broadcast on tv and it was like really good and then you go into the 90s and it's just like totally like a whole new fucking era of different styles of animation different techniques computer animation started so it's like right this is really like a peak and almost an homage to all these characters when you think about it like Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse were popular in the 80s, but they weren't really being animated as much as they were in, like, the 50s and 60s, I think. No, they weren't. Yeah, no, this is, like, this is a changing of the guard moment. This is, like, uh, we are about to go into this, like, fruitful period for all these companies. Like, the 80s was, like, such a down period for, like, big animated movies. Like, Disney famously was, like, struggling at the time, and I think that's why they were also more willing to share, to do all this kind of stuff, because it was, like their last like five feature movies had not done as well as their previous work had done. And, and like uh, when everybody was struggling, you think of Disney to me, like goofy Mickey mouse, Donald duck, like those aren't that they're valuable, but they're not as valuable as like Disney makes them out to be in my opinion. Like they're just, they're old characters at this point that they're just like holding on to and trying to reinflate every yeah, they should kill them. Years. Well, well, they should Kelly. really be. I didn't know you felt that way. Should be fucking uh, in the public domain at this point, but they're not because they're just delaying. Yes, that. Mickey Mouse. Yes, Mickey Mouse should absolutely be in the public domain. It's crazy. That yeah. Well, we just saw what fucking Marty did with Goofy, so I'm not so sure. <laughs> Goofy is in the public domain. They let him go. <laughs> <laughs> well then I can say like 9-11 was an inside job <laughs> that was when I veered into Seinfeld Goofy <laughs> that's crazy I love drinking adrenochromes <laughs> as a movie and a spoof 10 out of 10 this is a great idea executed perfectly the parody of noir is so fun throughout. The takes on what if cartoons are real? We complained about this all last month with the DreamWorks movies, but what if cartoons are humans in this actually works perfectly, and it's because the rules to the cartoons are different than the rules to the human. They happen to share the world, and that blend in this movie is like 
the perfect execution. I cannot recommend if you have never seen. First off, who's listening to this that has never fucking seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? But if you haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, what wow. the fuck are you doing? Just Go watch alienating this people. Yeah, who? Why? How could you? I've never done that. I can. Our downloads I would are never going tell people to shut second. the podcast off, throw their phone in the fucking toilet, flush it, <laughs> run to the sewer system, take your phone out of it, shoot it with the shotgun, and then go home and watch the movie. Marty, that's fucking rude of you to do that, and I resent you for it. 10 out of 10 is a movie, 10 out of 10 is a spoof. This movie is a slapper. Very fun, very cool, uh, super dope, radical. Scott, take it away. <laughs> As a spoof, 10 out of 10, because it does a 5 out of 10 for detective movies and a 5 out of 10 for cartoon (laughs) movies. And as a movie, come on, 10 out of 10. It's so good, so enjoyable. Just throw it on. You can watch the first half and stop. You can watch the second half and stop. It's it's just good. This is the longest we've talked about a movie, I think. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's how you know it's good. Like, we just had... And this is... Let me just peel back the curtain. We're recording two episodes tonight, and this is the second of the two. So we are eager to get off. And because of that, I will ask, Marty, do you have a song for us? Kelly, I do. This week's novelty song is Drowned in the Sun by Nirvana. Now, before I teach you a little bit about this song, let's take a listen to this like it sounds like you got a very like low res uh version of uh sounded fine to me like there's like something wrong with like the symbols or something so you guys are questioning what's novel about this nirvana song right well i hate to tell you but this song is not by nirvana no this is a song this is a song created by an artificial intelligence 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 (laughs) fuck you (laughs) <laughs> the Toronto-based organization Over the Bridge created this song as part of the album called Lost Tapes of the 27 Club. Over the Bridge is an organization focused on mental health in the music industry from their website's About Us page. <clears throat> so they're like, in, 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 order to, in, order, in order to preserve mental health, we're going to release this fucking hell song created <laughs> by a robot. Okay. <laughs> Their goal is to create this this album called The Lost Tw- Tapes of the 27 Club. It's a project dedicated to showing what has been lost in the music industry. So the album features a three-step process. Oh, no, process. we would have missed out on this. <laughs> they, input, they use a music input process where the AI algorithm listens to the separate elements of the 27 Club musicians, and then the algorithm learns from this to create new hooks and melodies, and then the song composition... An audio engineer takes the AI-generated musical elements and composes the album. So to me, it's not really entirely AI-created. But yes, the idea is that they're going to release a full album of, like, Jimi Hendrix. And they did one other song, which is an Amy Winehouse track called Man I Know, which is really, really good. Let's hear it. Uh, I did not get a link. So what I'm getting is that all I have to do is create good music. I kill myself three years ago and then they'll just make the good music for me. I don't even have to keep this fine. Right. Is that what they're trying to say? 
The Nirvana song is not good though. Like you said, that was like low mixed or something. This is how this sounds. It sounds bananas. No, it sounds like it's like like 240p. Like it sounds like <laughs> they just like bit crushed. Here's it. what I want. Right. I want them to redo the AI and X and A on the MTV open mic and <laughs> just like feed them the good Nirvana songs. <laughs> Are we listening to Amy Winehouse now? Yeah, I'm sending it right now. AI Winehouse. With Man I Know. I far too high. Thought I lost my mind. I have seen it all, but it doesn't show one bit. That's crazy, though. It's fucked up. I mean, this is the same technology that, like, um... You know, and you could take like a bunch of uh, Obama speeches or whatever, right? And then then, tell them what um, to say. And then, well, no, and then with that combined with like deep fake technology, just yeah, have them say like pee pee, poo poo, whatever you want. (laughs) Like uh, Kelly's been sending these clips of uh, memes and taking them and putting them into what's that uh, thing everybody uses to like. Oh, uh, yeah, that's more of a. I don't consider that. I don't know how much AI is in that. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Are you talking about that thing that keeps putting like eyes in pictures? Yeah, like no, it's like yes. AI it's, generated it's pictures. It's called Wumbo.ai and it like makes it look like you're you're singing a fucking Fortnite song or whatever. Huh. Or there's that thing too, or like, I forget what it's, it's something like this is not a real person or something like that. And it's, um, they just take a bunch of pictures and like randomly generate a person. Um, and then, and then if they, if some of the pictures they use in the algorithm contain like a second person, then it'll be like the, the, the person like in focus in the picture, like in the middle, like looks fine. But then there'll be these like monstrosities with like multiple eyes and ears and mouths uh, (laughs) off to like the side. Um, but yeah, the, the, that Nirvana song was like very much like that where like, it's just like, yeah, sort of from this like uncanny Valley, like hell world. Like there's just like something a little bit off. Yeah. Yeah. I think they mixed up the Nirvana drummers and that's what, what happened. (laughs) That's the real problem. They used the original drummer and not dave Grohl. <laughs> yeah well they use both they mix them together and that's what we got and it was gross who's eating chips yeah what's that noise i'm getting my novelty products ready is it chips is it chips no is it 3d doritos oh. <laughs> who would ever use chips for a novelty product probably only somebody really fancy third dirt doritos all right, that's I don't have a segment along with the songs, guys. I just wanted to talk about the uh, AI. Stuff. Yeah, the Amy Winehouse one is like legit. Like, yeah, they they must no, be getting better good. with it. Yeah, they must be yeah. getting better. I think that Winehouse one came out first, which is is so. Uh, yeah, I, I I the Nirvana one. It must just be like because of how those. It sounds worse than the Steve Albini like mixed songs from Nirvana. You know what I mean? Like it sounds more crushed than those songs. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It sounds like the LimeWire fucking like rip. Of it. <laughs> it sounds when you search when you used to search like Nirvana and LimeWire and every time it would come up. Uh, what's that? Freebird would come up, but it's just the quote of Kurt Cobain saying Freebird in uh, Unplugged in New York when he like says Freebird. That's the clip <laughs> that you download from LimeWire for it. I have felt for that so many times. Stupid shit like that. I, like, yes, it's so dumb. I just had an existential panic attack because I can see myself in like 10 years uh listening to just an infinite amount of ai generated steely dan oh yeah 
like they're just gonna they're just gonna have a radio station that constantly plays you new Steely Dan, <laughs> and I'm terrified of it. And yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be around for the podcast if I have that much Steely Dan to listen to. So just a warning. In a hell of your own making. Yeah. Yep. Or a computer's making. Or a, a hell of AI's making. Hold on, Marty's sticking his finger in the air. Wait, what's happening? Oh, Scott's wa- Scott's watching on Discord. I'm Kelly, not on, on Discord. Discord. Okay, I'm on Discord now. And hey, I'll jump on video. I got a wired connection. Hey, I got long hair. Uh, <laughs> anybody have a question for me? Ask yourself. See how it works. Or just start talking. God, Marty, do you feel like showing? These rude pieces of shit, a novelty <laughs> product this week. Marty, I think I do feel like that. This week's novelty product is... I wonder which rude pieces of shit he's talking about. Money bags. It's a bag with a dollar sign printed right there, smack dab on it. You have a bunch That's of right, them. I bought all of these for um, for movie props in the future. That's right, a money bag with a giant dollar sign printed on it. A money bag is a bag normally used to hold and transport coins and banknotes, often closed with a drawstring. Sheep. Uh, Sheep. According <laughs> according to the, the Gospel of John, Judas Iscariot carried the disciples' money bag, so we know that the money bag at least dates back to the early history. At least 6,000 years. 33 AD. Wait, 6,000? <laughs> oh, wait. That's when dinosaurs Yeah, the Bible was um, <laughs> 2,000 years ago. A little more then. But we're not talking about any old money bag. We're talking about your iconic mesh bag with a drawstring and dollar sign on it. And I tried to find out exactly when this icon first came into existence. I think it's existence. more of a gingham. It's not mesh. Mesh is like translucent, isn't it? Sure. You're probably right. Yes. I'm just I'm just kind of combining everything into mesh. Just something that's like a It's like cloth a gunny bag. sack. More like canvas, probably. Canvas. Right? Like a canvas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A sack. Yeah. Is it a money bag or a money sack? I think it's a money sack, I would call it. Uh, the problem looking right. into this specific prop is that any search for it online, you just get eBay links where to buy one of these. Uh, notably, the Great Train Robbery features money bags, but does not have a dollar sign on it. And that was 1903. Yeah. So we know well, it dates back to at least 1903. Realistically, it'd be kind of stupid to put the dollar sign on there, wouldn't it? Yeah, you should put like poop a poop emoji on it, because then people would be like, ew, I'm yeah, not grabbing that. Like, oh, that bag is shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was used this was a way that banks would actually put like the dollar sign on this wasn't just like props and in movies this was a real thing that like banks would put yeah so they wouldn't get confused yeah. to be like hey yeah, like, did you put anything? all those shit bags in the safe again <laughs> did you throw out those unmarked bags earlier those had money in them <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know they and we're not insured for this yet yeah. this great depression hasn't <laughs> happened yet we're not insured but there's no social safety nets in place so i did more digging the dollar sign is hypothesized to have been invented via american canadian mexican and spanish american and british correspondence in i listed america twice uh in the late 1700s there are two so americas the dollar sign North and South. The dollar sign at least came into play in the late 1700s, so it could have been around back then. <laughs> Thank you for that, Kelly. Yes, I, I needed. That I gotta stop list. you. This is a cold case, pal. Why are you investigating this so yeah. hard? Let it go. I, I, guys, I spent like 45 minutes trying to find out when the fuck was the first bag with a dollar sign on in existence, and I could not find it. Uh but 
We know the dollar sign dates back to the early 1700s. They, when they were corresponding, they would, they shortened pesos into a P and an S and they eventually got combined into the dollar sign. Supposedly, this is the rumor. Uh, anyway, for this week's novelty product segment, gentlemen, I have got a proposition for you. I've got an inn at this bank downtown. Yeah, an old friend of mine works security there, gave me the scoop on how to bust into that bank late at night and rob their vault. And I've come to you, two of the very best in the biz, to help me complete this robbery in this week's segment, The Great Branching Bank Robbery. Our friend the guard tells me there's one night security guard, an easy-to-pick lock, and he's even left the vault open for us. His cut is a mere 10%. Who, what's also, his name? Also, it is 10 Richard. Dick for short. Wolf. Do you guys accept joining this mission? Mm, let me think about it. Yeah, okay. Off the record, yeah, I accept. On the record, my wife, I would wife never put myself in this sick. situation. My wife and son both have uh, leukemia. My dog has cancers. This is good. This is good characterization. You guys need motivation for this robbery. All right, guys, one last job. We each take our portable microphones and drive to the bank downtown. When we arrive, we find that parking is a bit tough, but there are a couple options. We can park in the tolled parking lot behind the bank or in the handicapped space in front of the bank. I can't afford tolls with my dog having cancer and whatnot. Yeah, plus we got to make a quick getaway, potentially. Yeah. Put on your park anywhere lights and park in the handicap spot. Throw those hazards yeah. on. And I'm going to pretend to my leg, my leg. We park in the handicap spot. We each get out of the car. As we walk up, I lay it all out for you. Kelly, you're the world's best lock picker. All right. Take this Swiss Army knife and go start working on the door up front. I, Scott, I'll- you're the world's best... Oh, we'll come back. We'll come back to it. Scott, you're the world's best con man. Disguise guy, jack of all trades. That's right. The best when it comes to lying. My security guy gave me an extra security outfit. In 30 seconds, the night security guy is going to come around the outside of this building. I need you to go and get him to leave. But we're going to go to Kelly first. First of all. So Kelly heads to the lock pick. I feel like we should have planned this before we parked in the handicapped spot, before we jumped in the van, <laughs> before we unplugged our microphones from the podcast to go do this bank heist. But okay, I'll, I'll tag no along. Time. No time. No time. I had to tell you as soon as we got out of the car. <laughs> Kelly heads to the pick the lock carrying the Swiss Army knife. But he also thinks to himself, I'm not a lock picking guy. I'm an IT guy who co-hosts a spoof podcast. What was Marty thinking? Then you notice a rock on the ground and you notice that the doors to the bank are made of very thin, very breakable glass. Do you let your friend Marty down and throw a rock through the glass or do you attempt to pick the I lock? I attempt to pick the lock. I'm actually okay at lock picking. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's really easy. Oh my God. I got to change the writing in here. Uh, <laughs> Kelly inserts the Swiss army knife into the lock and the alarm immediately goes off. Why would it go Uh, off from that? (laughs) The night security guard knocks Scott out cold and runs toward you. (laughs) You only have, you only have seconds to smash the glass with the rock on the ground before the night. I take the rock and I smash the security guard. Why would I go for the glass? (laughs) Kelly Kelly smashes and gets inside, but Scott is left unconscious and the security guard has shot Marty after I heroically attempted to save Scott. <laughs> the guard did not notice Kelly smashing the glass. Kelly is now alone in the bank. So sorry, Scott. He didn't know. He didn't notice. He was <laughs> How running. Is Scott, okay. Scott's dying. And I is lose. I'm done. Because of. 
<laughs> Hold on, we can go. Let's cut back. Let's cut back to Scott and just see what Scott. Hold on, done. can I press my Sands of Time dagger? <laughs> yeah. Sands of Time dagger us back. I of Let's course break Kelly... the glass. I'm awful Thank at lockpicking. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we're cutting over to and it's not. Fun. We're cutting over to Scott, <laughs> distracting the guard. Scott, I'm not giving you options for this. You have to convince this guard to go home. We're gonna role play yeah. this. I'm the guard. Oh, yeah, I'm like I'm the guard. You're yeah. the other guard. Yeah, I'm like. Oh, hey, did you not hear they uh, they got the shift covered? I tap on my ear a couple times. Oh, what's that? You can't hear? Oh, I, I reach into my pocket. Sorry, my hearing aid was low. Uh, what, what was that? Oh, okay, I'll say what I just said one more time. You didn't hear that uh, uh, they got the shift covered? Who's got the shift covered? The agency. Oh, no one told me. Motherfucker, I tell you, this job, it breaks my balls every day. I'll tell you, it's these union gigs. I think you gotta go down to headquarters and sort this out. But they told me I was on this shift. No questions asked. All right, then I won't ask you any questions. I'm easily convinced. <laughs> Scott gets the heads, heads to the inside to join Kelly. Uh, I gotta skip all of Kelly alone in the bank now. Okay, all three in the bank. <laughs> You walk toward the vault located behind the teller window and you start bagging up the money. Wow, Scott exclaims. Thank God you brought all those dollar sign money bags to load this cash up, Marty. You're so fucking smart, Kelly adds on. Guys, 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 Marty responds. We're all smart. Well, I'm smarter than both of you, but we're equally smart guys. I couldn't have done the heist without you. That's weird, you both start to realize. I would never compliment Marty like that. Something isn't right here. You both look at the money in the vault, but it starts glitching out, like changing denomination and currency type from dollar to peso to euro to Deutschmark, etc. Kelly and Scott both look at each other. Do you remain in the simulation or break free? Let's get out of the matrix. I want to get out of here. I take the... The rock? I want to get out of the matrix. (laughs) (laughs) You both break free. You start moving your hands around your head as you both feel headsets attached to your skull. You manage to remove the headset and open your eyes. You're inside a window store, seated in a VR gaming chair. It's pitch black outside. An employee is standing over you, tapping his foot. You've been playing our VR game for hours after the store is closed. You are trespassing. Go directly to jail. Okay, I walked to jail. I walked to jail also. <laughs> now what, Marty? What's next? You both go to jail. There was only one scenario which, uh, in which you could actually succeed, which was Kelly alone in the bank. Uh, no, it's Sands of Time. Sands of Time back. Sands of Time back. Oh, I'm, my head is bleeding on the pavement. <laughs> Kelly, you're in. Kelly I'm in is the bank. Alone and in the like, bank. I was like, a fucking god-tier lockpicker. Let's go. <laughs> Kelly was trusted with the schematics to the vault, and the security guard left it open for you. You make your way to the vault behind the teller's window. At the teller's desk, though, you swipe a couple very nice mesh bags with drawstrings and dollar signs on them. <laughs> Wait, are they mesh, or are they more of a gun? like a canvas-style bag? <laughs> uh, that's the other thing that Scott said earlier. <laughs> There's no decision to make here besides how much money you want to steal. Do you want to take... Oh, and this is similar to uh, a question you might get asked in a Mario Party game. Do you want to take a lot of money, a medium amount of money, or a little bit of money? I usually just am <laughs> honest. I'll do the medium amount. Oh. I don't want to be too greedy. You start loading up the bags, but you start to get a little hungry from all the work you're doing. Scott, you look- press the side top dagger. <laughs> Is he going to eat the money? Go back. You look around and spot a vending machine nearby, but also you see that one of the tellers has a little mini fridge under their slot. Yelling Do you- I'm Scott. long dead by this point. Scott! 
I'm dead. I'm a corpse. Scott and I are both dead in this scenario. <laughs> Why do you, you leave this on me? <laughs> do you go to the vending machine or the mini fridge? Oh my god, the you have all that money. I got all this money. Let's go to the vending machine and give a little bit back. Steal from the right. rich and give to the vending machine owners. Vend Your options the at the vending machine are you can get a sandwich or chips or a take five bar. Take five bar. You take five, but this puts you right to sleep and you pass out. You Why wrote out quite the little scenario for just Kelly, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, this is a lot of branching trees for just Kelly. <laughs> I, got really into, I got really into Kelly's storyline, and then I, I yeah. was like, oh, this is so Mine long. kind of is just, you. oh, well, I'll just wing it with Scott, and then he die. I thought you'd like it's that. It's not even that. It's that I my decision causes you to die, and also my decision, <laughs> if we do it right, you die, but we win somehow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always the one to sacrifice. <laughs> I'd say myself. I go back a little bit of money. I'm not that greedy. A little bit of money. When you open the drawstring bag and start putting money into it, the bills explode in permanent blue paint covering you in the stuff. The doors burst open and the night security guard appears, having heard the paint explosion. I go pretend I'm in jail. the blue man group. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, All right, take take big money. See what big happens. money. Wow, you load up your bags and head to your parked car outside. Marty and Scott stand up from the ground. That was close, I say. Good thing we knew to fake our deaths, Scott says. The three of you get into the car, holding hands as you drive away, wondering just what it is nice. you'll do with your $180 split three ways. Big money. Big money. <laughs> big yeah. money. So, <laughs> Wait, is that the successful yes, one or is that the, the unsuccessful one? The only way to win was to do the shittiest thing you could do every time was the idea. <laughs> oh. Which is why Scott has to get killed off. But. What happens if I take the sandwich or the other op? The chips. The sandwich, sandwich was poisoned. The chips, the crunch gives you away to the security guard. Okay, fair enough. In the, the mini fridge, there was a bunch of poisoned food, basically. So were you, um, you're trying to teach Kelly to be more of a prick? <laughs> that is the lesson here. <laughs> of course. Kelly, you're too selfless, is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I'm also good at picking locks, so... <laughs> As we found out today, apparently. I didn't expect that. I'm not good at it. It's just not as hard as people think it is. Scott, I'm sorry. I should have written out more for you, Scott, but I That's okay. I got so into the Kelly storyline. Yeah, it makes it more interesting, and I enjoyed uh, pretending to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something we all do every night after we listen to our favorite episode of Spoof Scoofs and Novelty Songs. Mm -hmm. We close our eyes and we pretend uh, this is too dark, especially for the Roger Rabbit episode. Come on. Please, Scott, please. <laughs> what do you say? Highlight of the ep has got to be uh, the uh, uncut gems. Oh, 100%. 100%. There was, there was a couple choice moments in here, but that one. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'd like to address the audience and say, hey, thanks for listening. I'll follow that up with, hey. We really appreciate it. And I'm going to follow up by saying, hey, next week, we're going to watch Failure to Launch. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, great. I'm glad you took it because I had nothing. I got nothing in the barrel. <laughs>